Non-stop shock radio. The station that shocks you. Renegade Talk Radio. Hello, Renegade Nation. This is Everly Isby, and I'm connecting the dots on Renegade Talk Radio. Welcome back. This is my voice show, and I'm going to be speaking into the gargantuan system that is the corporatocracy that is running things, at least in this now. But it is being backed against the walls worldwide. On the last part of the show, I'm going to briefly give you a basic structure of how the Western system has worked for hundreds of years to the present day. But first, I want to get in back into the uh, recent meeting between Turkey's President Erdogan and Russia's President Putin on August 9th, because changes of great magnitude are afoot, and the Erdogan-Putin meeting is one of the harbingers of the changes that are happening right now. So, the meeting took place a short 10 days ago, And the outcome says many things and has major implications into the way the powers that be are adjusting things or are being adjusted that are leading to geopolitical shifts that speak to changes coming our way. Before departing to Russia for the meeting, Turkey's President Erdogan made an announcement that consisted of much time lost, a statement he repeated during press conferences related to the meeting that Turkey was eager to get back on track with. In fact, two extremely important projects for his country directly related to Russia. Turkish Stream, which is the proposed gas pipeline project from Russia through Turkey and on towards Europe to bypass the older pipeline whose production was severely downsized in the coup d'etat of 2014 in the Ukraine. The Ukraine used to deliver all the gas from Russia to Europe, but the coup d'etat, which was U.S., Pentagon, CIA-backed, has thwarted that whole thing. So that's the game being played. The other deal on the table was the resurrection of the, and you know, I'm sorry, I'm not sure how to pronounce this. I don't speak Turkish. Akuyu, Akuyu Nuclear Power Plant Construction Project. Both of these projects were halted after Turkey shot down Russia's jet fighter in Syria, resulting in severe sanctions and Turkish bans by Russia, as I've talked about in the past shows. Erdogan truly wants to get back to the lucrative international Turkish stream project that Russia practically gifted to them back in 2015. It was a major opportunity for Turkey. Erdogan has had to eat some humble pie here in a major way, and in this new deal, Russia is backing away from the great deal they initially agreed upon last year, because Turkey does not have such a great bargaining position now, and Russia is in a strategic advantage. On the Turkish stream negotiation, the original plans uh, have been scaled back by Russia very wisely, specifically Um, to specify that if when Turkey obtains written legal guarantees from the EU that Europe wants Russian gas arriving through Turkey and Turkish Stream uh, and that the EU cooperation is forthcoming, the deal will progress. Russia has also confirmed that they will restart the Turkish Stream project, but only internally at the outset, just a pipeline from Russia to Turkey. So Russia is taking it a few steps back to make sure that Erdogan's apology and contrition is true 
and ensure that the EU will move forward without political machinations from the U.S. and NATO regarding a pipeline into Europe from Turkey. This, of course, would involve the dropping of sanctions from Europe against Russia, which is in the EU's interest anyway. Once again, though, this is a major geopolitical shift by Turkey. This meeting marks a potential win for the BRICS alliance and away from U.S.-NATO hegemony. Erdogan also has stated that he's considering kicking NATO and U.S. military out of Turkey after the alleged CIA-backed coup that Russia pre-warmed Erdogan about. But the strategic move most definitely has the West worried, to say the least. Just one more brick in the wall falling away from the criminal syndicate that has the Western world in bondage. As for the Akuyu, uh, whatever, nuclear power plant deal, Turkey has suffered from energy sources shortages and therefore high consumer energy prices due to a lack of infrastructure. Turkey does not have any nuclear power plants at all to date. This too is an important deal for Turkey. Also, breaking news, Iraq just announced that he's opened free passage through its airspace for strategic Russian bombers flying to bomb Daesh and ISIS terrorists in Syria. And, just a day prior to that announcement, Iran announced that it now hosts Russian troops at its Hamadan base. While Russia has bases in Syria, the airfields there aren't equipped to host Russian heavy strategic bombers. Up until now, these bombers had to fly from Russian territory. By flying from Hamadan airfield in Iran and directly through Iraq's territory, Russian heavy bombers can now cut down by 60% on their fuel and flight time. So, what is the U.S.'s response to these latest developments? <clears throat> Total hypocrisy overload. The U.S. State Department called the Russian use of Iran's base to fly anti-ISIS missions unfortunate. Yes, unfortunate indeed for U.S. and NATO strategy. Shouldn't the U.S. be rejoicing that Russia is finally doing what the U.S.'s fake coalition was unable to accomplish for over two years? Five years, actually. Oh no, U.S. and NATO strategy in Syria and the Middle East in general has been to finance, arm, and train moderate rebels to push U.S. NATO agendas of perpetual war and territorial destruction for profit and continued hegemony. <laughs> Who cares how many countries and regions are destroyed? Who cares how many innocent lives are lost or maimed? Who cares how many suffer from loss of integral infrastructure and people are forced to live in bombed-out craters that were once towns and neighborhoods? No, we don't care. I'm heading to a break here, but I want to establish to you first and foremost that I love America. I just don't like the United States Incorporated. I was born and raised here and have never lived in any other country. If I sound pro-Russian here, it's because of what Putin did and is now doing. As a leader of Russia, he has stood up to this insanity. He says what he means... He does so as a true statesman with diplomatic eloquence, and he follows through with integrity and within international law, the rule of law, period. I wish we had a leader of similar stature as Putin, 
We could use someone like that, couldn't we? I watch our politicians in general and shudder. The U.S. government and our NATO allies in Europe, on the other hand, have been flouting international laws right and left, unilaterally invading countries and supporting terrorism that it is supposedly fighting. It's not America that I have a problem with. It's this corporatocracy called government owned by banking and other moneyed interests that are not American, but international in nature that are working diligently to further their own corporate interests and not the American people or the people around the world. They and others aligned with them are destroying our planet. When I come back, Renegade Nation, I'm going to speak into another hypocrisy that's going on inside our country. This is Renegade Talk Radio. I'm Everly Isby, and I'm connecting the dots. We don't sugarcoat shit. This is Renegade Talk Radio. Renegade Talk Radio. Hey, I'm back. This is Everly on Renegade Talk Radio. I want to talk about cannabis and hemp for just a bit here. This country is slowly but surely getting cannabis and hemp legalized in state after state. It's a growing trend and it's absolutely wonderful in my opinion. First I want to say though that cannabis and hemp are two different things. And I bring this up because a lot of people I've spoken to don't seem to know the difference between cannabis or marijuana and hemp. They just kind of lump it together and think it's one thing. Hemp is of the same genus as marijuana or cannabis, but it only has traces of THC, which is what gets you high in cannabis. Hemp doesn't get you high. What's really telling about the hypocrisy I'm speaking into about both of these related plants is that the federal government has both cannabis and hemp listed along with the other Schedule One drugs like heroin, cocaine, meth, and others, all in the same most dangerous and illegal substances category. How can you compare cannabis with crystal meth or heroin? Lump them in the same thing. I mean, please, especially hemp, which doesn't even get you high at all. Most of you know what I'm talking about, of course, Renegade Nation. But hemp does share something with cannabis, and that is that they both contain CBDs, which is where the medicinal and therapeutic benefits come from that everyone is so excited about. But hemp also has incredible industrial uses. There's at least 25,000 products and counting that can be made through hemp, from cosmetics to hempcrete which is a much more superior concrete than the normal concrete that we use all the time. Do you think that the corporate world is afraid of their profits declining as hemp takes this country by storm? Let's see. The chemical industry, the pharmaceutical industry, timber, plastics, fashion, and so on down the line. Hemp is a major job creator. Hemp can bring back a solid manufacturing base to this country. So, now I want to talk into what I really want to point out, and I'll start on the state level here in America. They're passing legislation under mass public pressure to legalize on a variety of levels, depending on the state. Some states have legislated just for medical purposes, like here in Nevada. And the state requires you 
to get a license to purchase cannabis. Why would an individual need a license to purchase a legal medicine? What is the purpose of a license? The definition of license is permission to do something that would otherwise be illegal. Uh-huh. So, if it's legal in a state to purchase and sell cannabis for medicinal purposes, why would you, as an individual, need a license to purchase it? Ah, now we're getting down to it. Remember, the federal corporation convinced the individual states and counties to incorporate with them as franchises back in the 50s and the 60s. I want to ask you, are franchises, let's say like Domino's, for example, are the franchises able to go against its parent companies and do something different than the corporate head office? No, right? So, now, under pressure by the people, the states are beginning to legalize it, and they can now make money off it through the legalization of it through taxes. But they also have to put measures in to make it expensive, and individuals have to jump through all kinds of hoops to keep people, to keep people afraid to go down that road. The federal has yet to pass legislation guaranteeing that people who are legally purchasing cannabis excuse me, purchasing cannabis, that they won't be arrested on the federal level. They're just making sure things don't change too fast while they figure out ways to uh, stall things even longer and introduce legislation where they can further profit and control. The federal government also, by the way, has a patent on cannabis as well, but it is a synthesized cannabis I've been hearing that people using this synthesized cannabis are having bad reactions, which doesn't surprise me. They can then utilize some kind of a propaganda campaign that says, you see, cannabis is not good for you. <laughs> they just won't tell you it's synthesized cannabis. You can't patent something from nature, but if you change its natural structure through synthesizing it, you can patent and make money off of it, right? But I did, I did read an article the other day about a federal appeals court in San Francisco that banned the Justice Department from prosecuting medical marijuana cases if no state laws were broken. So, that's a start. I just wanted to rant about this bullshit. <clears throat> but my real intention was to get you thinking about licensing, because this has implications that I'm going to be speaking into as we go along. Let me get back to licenses by the state. Licenses, once again, are permission to do something that would otherwise be illegal. Okay. So, for commercial purposes, a commercial truck driver has to have a commercial license to carry goods and so forth within a state or also interstate, right? Rules of commerce. But why do you... As an individual born with the inherent right to go anywhere you need to go or want to go during the course of a day to travel from point A to point B, why do you need a license to utilize your car to get you there faster than walking or taking public transportation? You're not using your personal vehicle for commercial purposes. You're just living your life and motoring around to achieve the living of your life. 
A lot of people think we need the licenses to prove we know the rules of the road or perhaps a way to identify who everyone is in case of accidents and so forth. If that were true, then why wouldn't we just get a document that verifies we passed the tests at the very beginning of our motoring lives and call it good? I mean, once you know the rules of the road and how to navigate, you don't forget how to do it. Hey, I passed my test and I can motor myself around. Later, you don't need a license. You just need something that says you're competent behind the wheel. Food for thought. Think about that. Think of all the money you spend each year registering your car and re-upping your license every number of years or so. Is that designed in our interests? Nope. As I go along here, I'm going to begin talking in depth about these kinds of subjects because the reasons you have licenses and registering of this and that is the tip of the iceberg. All of this affects us in so many ways that don't serve us. Remember this. Government was created by the people to serve us. Hmm. Something has definitely gone wrong here, and that's what I'm here to talk about. Okay, I'm taking a bake. A break. <laughs> my brain is working faster than my, my mouth, I guess. I'm taking a break, Renegade Nation, but I'll be right back and talk about the basic setup of the system that runs things. It's a kind of a simple primary look. And I'm Everly Isby, and this is Connecting the Dots on Renegade Talk Radio. Are your freedoms being destroyed like free speech? Shut up! Then fucking stay here and be blunt about it. Shut up! Will you shut up? Be right back. This is me, Everly. I'm connecting the dots and I'm doing a sum up for this show by laying a basic truth of the system. It's really very simple. The basics of this system has been at play for a long, long time. Back to before this country began. And it's a, it's a three-part loop or a circle that perpetuates a system that doesn't work for us. And three is a very important number, as you'll begin to understand. But simply put, the commercial interests pay the government. The government pays the military. The military works to protect the government and the commercial interests. It is a self-perpetuating loop. The people? Well, we consume the goods that the commercial interests produce, and we also provide all the labor necessary to harvest, clean, process, transport, and manufacture goods. But we, we, the people, we are not really part of the loop. We're outside of it. We and the natural resources of our beautiful planet, which all of us are beneficiaries of, because we're born here. Uh, we have just as much right to the resources this extraordinary planet provides us as anyone else or anything else. Doesn't that make sense? Hmm? We exist and have a right to exist and prosper and follow our dreams. If we don't do harm to anyone or anything, we can live as we wish. That's what this country of America was founded on. We as humanity are the actual source 
of all the moolah the commercial interests have and which they use to pay the government and the military in this systemic loop. But our power to control or even have input into this system is extremely limited. I mean, okay, once every two, four, or six years, we get to choose a new government official or a variety of officials who are supposed to champion our interests, which leaves us totally dependent on the good character and intelligence of the individuals elected. We all know the story. The ones we identify as the ones that are saying what we want to hear, that speaks into our concerns, yeah, that sounds great. That is, until they get in, right? But beyond that, we are free to gripe. And those elected are free to ignore us. And that pretty much sums it up, very simplistically. So it goes without saying that all of the wars, we and our predecessors and ancestors, family members, who've either volunteered or been drafted to fight, have all been in the name of commercial interests. None of these wars we are currently fighting or have fought in the past recorded history have been about freedom and democracy. If that's what you believe, then I have to honestly say you haven't really thought about it or even considered that you bought into lies that keep us dependent on a system that does not represent us and has kept us in perpetual war all of our lives. How many people do you know who have died or been maimed, either physically or emotionally, for life due to war? If you don't know someone personally, you probably know other people who do. How many innocent non-participants in these wars are the victims of this very profitable system that doesn't include us? Obviously, hundreds and hundreds of millions of souls brutalized and traumatized. What a wonderful world. Actually, actually it is a wonderful world, but it would be a much more wonderful world if we could get it out of the control of this insane system. If you look at the world today, the huge corporations and banking interests are not responsible for the destruction of countries and regions throughout the world, which include environmental destruction, toxic waste, pollution, economic sabotage. No, they are not responsible. So they rake in profits and charge us for their debts, and we get to pick up the tab for all of their wanton lust. It's a win-win for them, isn't it? We all know this. I'm not telling you anything you probably don't already know, but I bring it up to make a point. On the next show, I'm going to go down the rabbit hole and express some of the things that you might not be aware of. The evidence that lays out how this behemoth system has enslaved us all. At least some of the facts that will start to lay out how it affects each and every one of us. And I'll leave you right now with one question to ponder. If you were born in one of the 50 states in America, 
Are you a U.S. citizen or a citizen of the United States? Most of you will say, well, yeah, what else could I be? This is a very revealing rabbit hole, to say the least. So, until next time, I bid you adieu, Renegade Nation. I love you. This is Everly Isby, Connecting the Dots. And this is Renegade Talk Radio.